Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I feel like we've really, we're entering the summertime blues phase of... uh uh, just general summertime blues. Yeah. Like this happens every year, whether you know it or not. Kids are going back to school. Like, you know, it's just kind of like, wah, wah, summer's coming to an end. What are we going to do? Are we going to dance the big dance and say goodbye and do the lift? No, we're not. We're all getting we're Delta not. instead. We're all getting. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think it's just uh I think it's like even though we live in California and the beautiful weather perpetuates, you still get that uh, shift in the, the the feeling for other people, the collective empathy that their summer is over. Like right. ours is not necessarily. It's summer year round. Remember surrogate mother beach party. Um, but that's Patent an old pending. sketch idea. <laughs> I think that... Uh, you know, it it did rain here in L.A. yesterday and it's been really gray and gloomy and cooler. And I think all of us are collectively like, oh, fuck, yes. Whereas like the rest of the world is like, no, don't get cold and shitty. We're like, please be gloomy and rainy. Like, you're wearing you're wearing your like Seattle grunge flannel oh, yeah. right now. <laughs> I'm super grunged out on a gloomy day. It's it's perfect. I love it. I'm all it. like something in the way. Um, that's how I roll. Oh, welcome to Sidework Podcast. I am your host, Andrea Wallace. And I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Fresh off of a trip. I got out. Nice. I got out. It feels good to be back. Just kidding. I want to leave again. Yeah. You got the bug now. You're like, oh, God, I could just keep going. I could just never. I could just I'll just do my laundry every two weeks and have a tiny bag and be a OK. Yeah, it, it feels wonderful. You know, it coming back to California for many reasons, I'm not trying to sound ungrateful. This is a beautiful state. You know, obviously it's got its own problems uh, environmentally or whatever. But there, prior to being trapped in my quarantine jail uh, mm-hmm. for roughly a year and a half, it doesn't feel good to come back. <laughs> uh, you're mm-hmm. just the rest of the country feels more free, more laid back. It was really healthy. It was really good for me to be in Michigan where. You know, they're not looking at uh, cases rising too much. You know, sorry, here we go into COVID. But it's like, sorry, everyone. We had like one person complain that we talk about COVID. And now I'm insecure about it when it's something that's like not going to go away and totally affects our life all the time. I also like how you backpedal and being like, sorry, not Cal. I don't mean California, the state, because we don't want any backlash from California.state.gov coming at us. Exactly. I don't. (laughs) 
I don't want to be recalled. I don't want to have a recall on my head. Um, but yeah, it, it's just it was like, oh God, like smaller towns, smaller cities who did the right thing, who had a governor who, even though everyone complained that, you know, Whitmer was too hard on everyone, it's just like they're just living life mask free, indoor, in public, and shit's not popping off. Like it it might, it might soon, and then they'll have to do the right thing. But it was just like such a lovely, peaceful, free sensation to just be wandering around and not feel scared. Yeah, man. I think that it just, I think getting out of your zone is definitely the way to go. Obviously, no one's going to go vacation in Florida like that I know. Um, you know, no, there's things like thank that. Thank you. So, but I think it's just you put yourself in a situation when you're traveling where you're pretty much have got yourself into an isolated situation anyway. There's less people around. So, of course, you feel safe. You the know? freedom like, feels wonderful. Because, yeah, then prior to that, so fun. First time ever going to uh, Martha's Vineyard, which, you know, for me, I'm like, oh, it's like East Coast Mackinac Island. It's that's um, some cl- Martha's Vineyard is some classic shit. It's some classy, classic shit. That is some classy, classic shit. I mean, Larry David was there fighting with Alan Dershowitz. We got there right as all of Obama's birthday guests were, you know, starting to come and go off the island. I mean, James Taylor's just playing in the background everywhere you go. (laughs) We couldn't get away from that freak. Um, But yeah, that feeling, too, of just like what a blessing that in their family they've just had these, you know, essentially a beach shack for like 80 years so it sounds like ooh, how fancy but it's like you know no back in the day they were kind of like settlers on the island uh with their yeah, goofy little like seaside you, you shack being, yeah you being from michigan and talking about your cottage right same same deals you know i know everyone assumes like you're just some rich fucking asshole but it's like no every, a lot of people's family have found a way to have some sort even if it's a tough shed on a beach somewhere they're like we have a summer place you know and god bless i love that i love that dedication to like i'm gonna summer the fuck up right now you know oh yeah i mean i and i just you know i of course just picture like future anthony bourdain's just doing a bunch of cocaine and like like being promoted from like busser to dishwasher to lion cook you know um that's what i think about and of course we have done episodes in the past about summer jobs so yeah I mean I just so I was like so hit by it you know being there as like a guest kind of being like all right like let's go find somewhere to eat one of the days and in in the vineyard it is just like there are three docking points um you know stations where like the big you know ferries come from Woods Hall Massachusetts Mm -hmm. with everyone you can either like drive your car onto the lower portion of the boat or leave your car on that side and just you know I mean, you don't have to stay in your car. You're allowed to get out for the for the, for <laughs> uh-huh, the ride. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> but just to watch these droves of people be dropped off every hour on the hour and to just come straight at this restaurant slash sandbar. We had wandered into town to like look for lunch and a drink and, and to see, you know, the more the, the busy touristy side of town. And it was Monday at 3 p.m. We couldn't get a fucking seat for lunch anywhere. It was that- so jamming. Makes it sense to me. Was jam, you know, and so we were a little like, God damn, like the money these people have got to make, you know, mm-hmm. just showing up when the the minute the weather starts to get good, right after Memorial Day, all the way through Labor Day, 
and you have a slamming section five days a week, six days a week, seven days a week if you want it, you know? Yeah, through the whole summer season, you just go fast and hard, you make your money, and then you, you can pro- go back to whatever life you had be- the rest of the year. That's what you do. It's crazy, yeah, and and to just be like, wow, you know, especially after a year that a lot of people may have had last summer was restrictions still being in place and who knows what. I was like, no, no, no. The service industry is alive and well in this tourist town. Even coming off, you know, two episodes of weddings, Martha's Vineyard, I'm sure giant, huge fucking wedding destination for many people. I And I assume double the weddings I would only imagine this summer because so many people weren't able to have their wedding last year. It's probably bonkers. Yeah, so it was it was funny to see, and we we ended up at this like uh, raw bar. It was called it was called the Martha's Vineyard Chowder House, and, yes. or Chowder Company, or something. Fuck and yes. they're yeah, and they had like a merman as their logo, and it looked like Aquaman. I swear to God, it was like Jason Momoa as Aquaman. I'm like, this place is fucking cute. <laughs> um, but there were just a few outdoor, like they were those nice like um you know, bar stools and a little railing where you had a little umbrella for each and you basically could just sit and look at everyone walking by on the street. Like, I love those setups. Very New Such York. Such an East Coast scenario. <laughs> oh, it was so great. Uh, it was just this tiny little porch on the shack which qualified as a place to sit outside and eat. Well, then, of course, it just started torrential downpour, but we were under a balcony overhang. So for some, like, we just weren't getting hit even though everyone else <laughs> had to go back in and they were like, are you sure you don't want to come inside? And I was like, I know they're going to kill us. I know they're going to kill us. But I was like, nope, we're good. And then the bartender who was bartending inside was our server. So she was super fucking mad at us um, and kept coming from behind the bar. And we're like, we're sorry. We know. I was like, we know exactly what we want and we'll give you our credit card so you could just check us out and not fucking come back and whatever. But we were those people who sat yeah. in the rain and made the staff come out and we're like, we're sorry. <laughs> well, not sorry. I'm sure you made it worth their while. I am not. Of course, of course. But it, it, it was just I you could tell it's the end of the tourist bullshit for them. There is not a shred of patience left on any server or bartender's face. They fucking mm-hmm. had it with us tools, you know? Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I was like, I'm just going to lean into it. I'm going to be a tool. I'm not even going to try and play like a, I'm one of you. I'm like, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to be very polite and tip well and not cause a problem because when people, that's the big joke. When people are like, don't worry, I'll be easy. I'm a server. You're usually acting like an asshole. And that was yeah, me 100%. If you have to announce it, it'll probably be the opposite of what you <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh, yeah, well, a real server doesn't make us come out and wait on you in the rain. I'd be like, touche. Yeah. yeah. I do think there could be a thing where it could be like, nope, you go inside. This is our policy. If it's raining, you're in. You know what I mean? There could be, but whatever. It's they they did. They let us because we kind of got in before other people were trying to make it work under the umbrellas. But as we all know, on the ocean, and the East Coast, rain comes at you sideways. So yeah. it's just spraying, you know, horizontally. 
and uh, no, laterally. Like, honestly, Wait, no. it sounds like so romantic and awesome to be like under a tiny umbrella with rain just because also I miss rain so much. It's it was cute. We we liked mm-hmm. it. It was like, OK, big deal. My back's wet, you know, from big drops and whatever. And it's like, who cares? Devil may <laughs> care. We're fun and laid back. <laughs> the restaurant These are the kind staff. of droplets I can really get. Yeah. I hate you. Well, great. I'm glad you had a lovely time. I'm glad it went well. Oh, and big lesson learned because it's it's been a minute. You know, a lot of cross-country flying, which I haven't done a whole lot of lately. And uh, homegirl, I just, I just ordered myself a fancy pair of compression socks because my Oh, yeah. Compression legs, socks are great. Dude, they were destroyed. And, I, you know, it's like you get on a plane. I don't know why they do this. They're like, here, sit down and try and go to sleep for six hours. But before we do that, let's give you nothing but rolled gold pretzels, <laughs> bags of chips, mm-hmm. like get, get you totally dehydrated. And uh, yeah, I woke up and like it's it's alarming when your feet won't even go back into a sandal like that mm-hmm. is fucked up. So I am mm-hmm. uh, I'm. I'm fully investing in some compression socks, baby. Um, I wear compression socks if my flights are over a certain amount of hours. When we went to Italy uh, yeah. last time, I wore compression socks. But, like, let's face it, long hauls get very warm on the plane, too. Mm-hmm. So I'm basically wearing <laughs> compression socks, like shorts and then like a sweatshirt and then maybe like some like kind of and some slip-ons i mean i don't look great for travel <laughs> i it was we were laughing so hard because yeah we looked fucked up because we did a red eye and then you know you're going to try and meet some you know your boyfriend's parents for the first time and you're like that was a bad choice already trying to look like trying to look cute be friendly be awake oh, yeah. you know Instead, it's, I was like an emotionally raw human. I was like, it was really nice to meet you. Do you guys have a bed I can lay down in? Um, I usually, I'm usually not a cankle person, but today it's happening. Yeah, uh, I yeah. usually have ankles. Um, it was funny, but yeah, I, I just think lesson learned with that. Uh, who is it? David Sedaris, who said... Uh, Basically, airports like like anyone getting off, like anyone who travels and gets off an airplane look like they just wrestled a pig um, (laughs) or they're going to go wrestle a pig is how people look like (laughs) in airports. I mean, I just had to get my passport photo uh, taken because it's renewal time. Yay. Nice. Wishful thinking with that. And they don't let you smile in a passport photo, just like a DMV photo. And you just kind of stand there and look like. And I was like, it's actually pretty good because, like, who's smiling at an airport? Like, who actually is like, yay. <laughs> like, in, <laughs> unless it's the olden days and you can run to each other without the security. It's uh, it's wonderful to travel, but the reminder of what a never ending, I, I know it's a privilege to fly, but boy, oh boy, do airports do everything they can to dehumanize you. <laughs> and it just it just doesn't stop. JFK was a goddamn mess. They had weird new COVID rules in the food court that made zero sense. Uh, so, I mean, everything was just like, this is just so like, I am just so demoralized 
and then everything's being delayed and flight crews aren't showing up. They're understaffed everywhere. It's crazy. Everyone's flights were getting canceled left and right or delayed because they kept saying, attention, ladies and gentlemen, we have no crew. Mm. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? That is interesting. Yeah. Um, we got to well, We fuck. have to get some airline stewards on the show. Oh, yeah. I would love to. Anybody listening out there know anybody? You guys, did you do it the job yourself? Let's chat. Let's 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 chat. Thirty-two thousand feet. Seatbelt sign is out for now. Feel free to move about the cabin as needed. So let's jump into some headlines, shall we? Oh, absolutely. We we were sharing these a few days ago, and uh, yeah, just getting to them now. So this mm. some of these headlines are maybe a little old, but still uh, a cautionary tale. Yeah, I think this one we just didn't share because we thought maybe it was a little too dark at the in the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So check this out, y'all. This uh this happened in Washington Township, New Jersey, where basically a 20-year-old waitress at a <laughs> at, oh god, at a diner called Nifty 50s. This is like from Ghost World. Um, Jer- Jersey loves their diners. They do love their diners. But so a 20-year-old waitress basically allegedly abducted and assaulted by a group of five people after she tried to chase them down for walking out on their tab. Ooh, baby. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, she was pulled in t- into a white Dodge Durango. Yeah, so she ran out after them and was like, yo, 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 hey, hey, you didn't pay. Then... Go ahead. Then, right, <laughs> then it's like they're like, and you're abducted now. <laughs> like pulled her into a white Dodge Durango while they were trying to flee and then like pulled her inside the vehicle and they assaulted her inside the vehicle. Um, Basically, it started to head north on Route 42, made a U-turn, and then they just pushed her out of the vehicle. So she was covered in bruises, she, yeah. cuts, concussed. Pummeled, um, pummeled, yeah, if you will. I mean, Fucking and it's crazy. just so crazy. Um, you know, I, I, the suspects as of, if, you know, uh, well, I guess like two months ago. Sorry, I guess they're still at large because this is an older headline. Mm-hmm. We're just hearing about it. But like, dude, the, it's like everything we talk about, A, it's wrong. If you're, if the owner or manager thinks that you need to go fight a group of people over a $70 bill, then you absolutely know your rights. You absolutely do not have to. You do not have to pay for their bill because this is the kind of shit that happens. You're a 20 year old female running after a group of five people who you have no clue about and you confront them and possibly almost murdered. That is fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And as I mentioned, this happened at like 11 p.m. on a Saturday night, you know? That's... And so it's just like uh, we can we all know what happens at a diner at 11 p.m. on a Saturday night. People have been out. People are more rowdy than usual. We talk about this shit all the time. And this is just, of course, any of us would be like, they're right there. They didn't pay. Any of us would be like, go get them, you know. But for this outcome to happen, it sucks so bad. And I, I think we all have to learn, and this is like good advice as well, you know, it's just like if you can go outside, stay out of harm's way, and they're saying like maybe, maybe she could have just taken the license plate number, you know, reported yeah. that, you know, at least take steps to 
have the police go after them. But when you are taking the onus on you, and I get it, like, even if your boss doesn't ask you, like, sometimes we hulk In out. In a moment, We've, like, we're yeah. self-made. Like, you're your own boss when you're on your shift. Like, you make the decisions you need to make on the fly. And this is exactly what happened, I think. Right. And so I don't mean to make it lean into that every scenario is a boss, but we just know that some bosses are like, not only are you going to lose your tip, you're going to pay the whole bill and people right. can't afford to do that. Or then there are people who are like, you disrespected me in my section. I've been working my ass off all night. Don't You know, some people might even be like, don't you dare steal from my restaurant or me and lose it because you are pushed to a point all the time as a server where you're like, Absolutely. you might, might be caught on that one night where you're like, yeah, I'm ready to fight them, you know? And sometimes it could be epic and you get the money back and they go to jail and they are shamed publicly. In this scenario, you were abducted by like an OJ Simpson white Bronco and like I, we're yeah, down the highway. And again, you know, we've had so many stories of like tough as nails waitresses, you know, working at diners. I say waitress because when you associate diner, that's what you associate it with, you know, who have to be, you know, they have to present a certain attitude because they're like, I'm not going to take your shit because of the certain clientele that comes in at right. a certain time of night. You know, we, we it's it's just a lot. Well, shit, I hope these guys get caught or at least get terrible karma coming their way for the rest of their lives. Yes, and, and it sounds like the server is, at best, shaken up, a little bruised emotionally and physically, but is fine by all accounts. Yeah. Well, Godspeed and good tips to that one. My if God. For sure. What the fuck? Let's hop on over to a, like a little more upworthy, if you will. <laughs> Ooh, it is it is such like a hashtag good news movement. Um, Absolutely. Um, so this also back from June. We've just been catching up, guys. It's been summer. Um, so a customer left a sixteen thousand dollar tip at a New Hampshire restaurant after ordering thirty seven and ninety three cents worth of food and drinks earlier this month. Uh, the male patron was not identified. He tacked on the generous tip to his order for two chili dogs. Pit, uh, fried pickle chips and a few cocktails at the I mean this sounds like in. I'm like was it my dad that sounds yeah. like a Mark a Mark Van Poplin order to go yeah at a place called the Stumble Inn Bar and Grill which we love that of course of course, of course. in Concord up in Concord um so the bartender said he's kind of a mystery man she's you know, they've been doing this for a very long time and didn't ever think they would have anything like this happen to them. Of course, we all hear the stories of the huge tips and we're just like, it's, it's, it is very, I'm sure the chances are maybe a little higher, but winning the lottery in a way, you know, um, the restaurant owner was like, I, you know, he did the whole, like, is that right? Am I reading this right? Um, but yeah, he, the customer like was basically like, yes, that's correct. This is not a mistake. And then, of course, they were completely grateful and being like, I'm sure everybody was crying and being like, you don't even fucking know what we've been through. Thank you so much, dude. <laughs> and and like we said, you know, for someone who can just willy nilly let let 16 grand go um, mm -hmm. when it's no big when it's no big deal to them. I do think it's really important to realize that for some people, if they get one thousand dollars of that, however they decided to split it, it yeah, it's, it's gonna keep them from going over the edge in many circumstances. You I, know? That is a, a padding, right? That is it's relief. such a padding, is, and yeah, 
And what's the even better part is the wait staff were like, we can't not include back of house. Of getting course. This, which is just Absolutely. like. That's what you got to do. I mean, unless you want to further drive the wedge. Oh, my God. Can you <laughs> imagine? <laughs> Yeah, this however many employees are working that night, it is split that many ways. The end. Um, that is amazing. I like that it's sixteen thousand. I like that this guy was just like maybe he was like doing some calculating like in his head while he was enjoying his cocktails and fried pickles, and he was like adding. He was like, okay, I have this, but like, okay, sixteen thousand is the number I've settled on. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, like or like maybe it's some just weird bonus money he didn't see coming, and like mm-hmm. it's it's just some just some windfall that he was like, oh, I don't need this instead of me not needing this. Why don't I change some people's lives, you know, even if it's for the week, whatever they wanted to do with a bump of surprise money. Like I've always I I dream of being sixteen thousand dollars to a waitstaff rich one day. I know. I know. I know. I only want to be rich to give it back, like to just be like, you know, (laughs) giving it to servers and, and, you know, diner workers. But. Well, good. Good, Anya. That's amazing. Thank you. Last headline of the day. God, Brooke, this you all- take this one. Yeah, no problem. This all sort of like circles back to a few episodes ago. Remember, we were kind of debating some news headlines that, you know, some of the fancier steakhouses in general are now kind of holding you to a minimum because they've had such a hit based on what they provide. Um, how much it usually would cost, you know, per head. And people are freaking out if they're like, you know, it's a $300 minimum or basically like $100 a head, right? right? Is what they want as a guarantee for their servers to make sure they are covering their food costs, you name it. And while to many people that might sound like so ridiculous, we, we really talked it out that like, no, no, after everyone gets their fancy portion of wine, their pre-app cocktails, their expensive as fuck steak, like $100 a head is honestly pretty normal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that being said, that has been the way a few of these steakhouses have tried to stay afloat. But now, you know, obviously... COVID has been, you know, such a just like a detractor from everything they do because it's the whole like, well, we don't do takeout, you know, (laughs) we're we're a steakhouse. We, you know, a lot of them had trouble pivoting. A lot of them are like, but it's a classy cigar bar, white tablecloth experience. We don't want to build a parking lot patio for people to dine in, but some of them did do it. You know, they were, they were to some extent or another trying the pivots, like making their bar more expanded so that people could drink more of what they want or maybe take liquor to go. But basically now because of the pandemic as well, like beef costs are through the roof. So essentially Mm -hmm. the sustainability of these premium sort of steakhouse experiences it's basically just going the way of the dinosaur. Like so many of them are not going to make it. And it's, it is truly a unsustainable sort of like bygone era of dining that just got hammered by COVID. Which is a shame, but you know, I I think there's also really looking into the future. Right. I feel right. It reminds me of like the matrix when like Joey pants is like eating the steak and he's like, I know this isn't real, but I'm, (laughs) I fucking love it though. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) 
is, and then that may be the future, especially with the sustainability environmentally and the impact that like breeding cattle and farming, you know, steer has on the environment. And not only that, like the, to be able to feed these cows and have water shortage and like growing crops, like it's all changing. It's like, if they can't, if the margins are too high to do the one thing that they're known for doing when they're already suffering in every other sector, you know, people aren't just going straight to a steakhouse to be like, you know what I love? Their key lime pie. I mean, it's granted, sometimes they might have a wonderful dessert, but the other thing too is like, so I mean, I'm, of, I'm there for the cream spinach. I'm not going to lie. Like, oh, I love a good side of cream <laughs> spinach, some sauteed mushrooms. You give me all those goodies. Mm-hmm. But um, think about it, too, with a lot of business, conference, travel, the way oh, yeah. the company takes clients out oh, for the fancy yeah. stuff. That's just dead. That's gone, baby. So um, much of it is that. It's all like throw it on the fucking business Amex, blah, blah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Everyone's working from home these days or you're not allowed to travel from your country to another country. So like that whole culture, you know, and I I have I have two feelings about it because I do think the American Steakhouse is just this like I absolutely have my moments when I'm like, I would like nothing less than to go eat that right now. But when you want it, you want it. It is preserved in time. I told you, you know, like we went to the smokehouse. We loved it. Do I want to go there all the time? I don't. But now I'm like, now I'm like, well, if it helps them, I might go more often. But it's a very American, iconic way of dining, but it's not keeping up with the times. I mean, you're you're talking to a girl from Nebraska. I know. beef Beef is king there, you know. And Texas, yeah. I do even wonder, and I assume, you know, again, we talk about this, but like, we're also talking about like areas of the country where, you know, shit's just open as usual. So I assume steakhouses are doing just fine in many other parts of the country that are really like leaning more toward, you know, public safety precautions as much as other places. So mm-hmm. it, it's just, it is so interesting. And again, and you know, coming back to you traveling, just how different everybody is, a di- the, the different experience everybody is having through all of this. Especially uh, the servers. People who listen to us might be like, yes, this is exactly happening in Chicago where I'm living because of safety precautions. But then, then again, some someone in Texas might be like, this is zero happening. We're busier than we've ever been. Like, it's right. all fucked up. Like- it really is. <laughs> I think it taught me because it's like, I believe what I believe uh, because I'm just, I am someone who's like, I'm trying to follow the science. I do not think you know, it's in the government's interest to fucking tank the economy, let a bunch of, you know, like all the weird conspiracies going around. I, you know, this is not our first global pandemic, y'all. Like we, there's a blueprint for how it played out. You know what I'm saying? So I do believe in the science. I do do believe in what we have to do, but also you get hammered all day, every day with their COVID is in every fucking headline. It's like the word Trump was replaced with COVID and there's no break. And you do leave Los Angeles. Right. And then you go Mm -hmm. and you're like, nobody cares about it as much as we do. And they're living healthier, happier lives and also not really getting COVID, you know, and it, it was just a good mental check for me to be like, you have to go by the statistics where you're Mm -hmm. going. And if, there's a good number of vaccinated people 
and not a lot of variant going on, like fucking enjoy and live your life, you know, and stop totally like every little choice is going to get you murdered. Like I cannot keep doing this, you know? Right. But, you know, also this, this is Reuters who did do this report. And obviously Reuters? They, they, or right, Reuters. You're thinking I'm of saying, Roto-Rooters. No, I said Reuters. <laughs> that's what I just, is how I say it, Brooke. I'm, that's how I say it. Brooke, that's my experience of saying it. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, the supply and demand chain is still getting bottlenecked everywhere because shit's right. fucked, you know? Right, right. So while it might not be in your face all the time, there's still... You know, even at where I work, our linen company is going out of business because ports are closed and they can't get their supply. Shit's bad, you know. You still can't get ketchup, Andrea, you know. Like, oh, everyone's. I, um, I can get ketchup. I have a stash. I have a stash. Um, I, have a, I have a Costco card, so. Uh, well, you know, I'm talking uh, specific. I'm specifically talking Heinz, girl. Everyone's yeah, offering yeah, the ketchup. house made ketchup, and it's like, nah, thank you. I ooh, I like house made ketchup. Uh, That's like the one ketchup my husband will eat. Any who's It's um, just, it's interesting. It just, it just, we are seeing this great sort of uh, all the ways in which like the tentacles of our kind of continuing societal collapse for some things, <laughs> but then reinventing and uh, coming back stronger with better ideas, you know? So yeah. it's a very yin and yang situation we're witnessing. It's true. Uh, I like, oh, I'm like, I'm yang right now. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, And then this was an idea I just had before we get into some S, says there were the minutes. Oh yeah, I also I also had an idea. So you tell your idea, Ooh, and I'll, I'll tell, tell my idea. Okay. <laughs> so here's the thing: is we want to nerd out about the White Lotus. Has oh, any, has <laughs> anyone been watching it? Should we do an Instagram live so that we're not spoiling it for anyone <sighs> in an episode and have fun nerding out about it, or maybe just do Patreon content where we go ham on it but I, think, I just whatever you want I mean coming off two episodes of hotels it would be fun to ask, have a couple guests on to all gab about it actually that could, that just could be, be really fun you know what maybe it could just be a special extra episode within the week you know what I'm saying it's, yeah yeah it's possible uh, yeah we'll, we'll figure it out you guys hit us up let us know if you want us to gab I know Brooke's dying well, to talk about it, I want to nerd out about it in terms of the service point, the, of the view. structure, and the service the point of view. Presents. Then I might even nerd out a little bit about like, okay, that ending got a little weird, you know. So I might also get <laughs> a little critical with the writing, even though no, I, and I really say, love watching love the, Mike White. Watching the show, having a fucking podcast about like service point of view after doing two episodes on hotels working as a server working in a hotel and working in spas like I got I have things to say I have opinions about it which is it's very interesting oh my god um, right like the spa sector of it and the way oh yeah. it's so heavy so yes I really I would love to get into it with you all so we'll, maybe we'll we come can back just get Mike you. White on we'll just get Mike White on or Jennifer no we can't do that but it'd be fun if we could. Um, my idea was that we have a segment or a, 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 a spinoff podcast called The Takeaway, where we purely talk about to-go food. <laughs> the takeaway I don't know why. 
I don't know the, what could we call it takeaway like that's more of a British way to say it but the take your t- this week's takeaway and then which it's just hot gossip about to go food uh there is an NPR <laughs> program called the takeaway nah, uh, well ours is different ours <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> Only about French fries that get soggy in a style yeah, container. Yeah, The um, point of view, from a service point of view, of course, that is just obviously a joke slash one of the most brilliant ideas I've ever had. Mark that idea. Put it in the it. vault like Joan Rivers. <laughs> Put it on a note card and into the vault. Uh, I, I think... What's fun, though, is we will see we're about to get into some stuff that you all submitted uh, where there has been a call for additional content. Uh, So, you know, guys, start coming at us. What's more stuff you'd want to hear where we can do real lo-fi, easy, extra episode during the week? You know, maybe not all of Brian's fantastic sound effects, because I know (laughs) for some of you, it rubs you the wrong way. Um, Looking at you. What's your name again? Anyways, but... uh, (laughs) You're really honing in on like some things like two people said so long ago. <laughs> Listen, it's hard, it's hard not to focus on just the one bad thing. We all still think about the one time we got bullied when we were in fourth grade when we we're low. We're like, and then when I was in fourth grade, somebody called me a piece of shit and it really <laughs> embarrassed me. And I still go to that dark place when I'm down as a 42 year old woman. Help. No, I know. I I just am laughing that it's like I was like, yeah, it would be more, you know, probably more lo-fi. Like Brookie here will probably edit it for us. Uh, so yeah, we're thinking about ways to just get an extra episode on the feed, like on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, just for fun, laid back, loosey goosey content, you know, based on what y'all want to hear. So we're gonna we're gonna think about it, and I think it'll be a little bit of a a full project because right now we're 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 dumb as a bag of hair in terms of. <laughs> Uh, I just, Speak I'm for yourself. I am ta- <laughs> talking about the summer motivation, you know. Oh, right up top. Sorry, I was all triggered because I was thinking about that past moment, and, and then you were in fourth I felt grade. you were you were back in fourth grade when someone called you grade. dumb as a bag of hair. And happened in fifth grade and sixth grade. Nobody called you bag as a dumb of hair. Wait. Well, of course no one called dumb you bag as a as bag a of hair. hair. They probably said that. Whatever. <laughs> I'm getting dyslexic now. Can we move on? Yes, let's move on. <laughs> All right. Are you in the mood for some server? Submitted. Story. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash to watch. Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. 
I'm I'm always in the mood, Brooke. Oh yeah, and by the way, we didn't mention that today's there's no topic. It's just all lighter fare, you know, all the good stuff, none of the meat, you know. Mm. See, there's a meat. Oh, there's a beef the cream shortage. spinach. Today's yeah, the this, cream spinach. Yep. Of today's episodes, a lot of side dishes, no main. It sounds gross, but it tastes amazing. All right. So, uh, obviously, we just came off of two episodes all about what it's like to serve. Uh, host cater weddings and all the blood, sweat and tears and, you know, elbow grease that goes into that. And we got some cute. We want to hear more of this. OK, so if you didn't particularly ever work weddings, I love the reaction that people had, especially to Andrea and I talking about how much being in the service industry helped us put on really, really fun, interesting weddings with a lot of help from all of our service industry know-how and peeps. So, um, Brie Welk, we love you. This one makes me smile so big. She says, I spent two grand on my wedding for the same reason, industry hookups. Yes, I did have beer pong. Yes, I had a donut wall and deviled eggs. Hi, bonus wedding ever. Please, can I, yes. <laughs> right, I know. And I, I guarantee everyone had such a great time. I mean, right there. For all the picky eaters and people who complain that there's never enough food, you walk in and immediately there are just walls that have food hanging off Donuts. of them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this is a great workaround. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just go straight mm-hmm. to the donut wall and shut up, you know? Uh. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, yeah, uh, I think this is one of our listeners, uh, Mark Nesbitt. Hey, what's up, Mark? Um, I love this, too. He he chimed in after your cute ass post on Instagram, Andrea, about, oh, you guys, that was just, that was really such a magical, fun DIY kick-ass wedding that you and Brian had. Yeah, we had. had. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> 10 years. Um, Crazy. I know. It's almost 10 years. What, end of mm-hmm. September? Mm-hmm. So where are we all going? Just kidding. Oh, God. <laughs> I also like, I also, um, this is uh, off the topic, but I was like, Brad, to my brother, I was like, like, let's do something for your 40th, you know? I was like, I know you're not thinking about it. And don't care. But I was like, come on, like, let, let's do something. And then he told my parents and like, now we're all going somewhere. Now we're all going somewhere for his 40th. And I'm like, no, that's not well, what I meant. to be fair, that's kind of the, the Van Poplin way now is that like the parents get told about it. Then the parents come. You know what I mean? It's not because like you haven't. <laughs> I know my parents say like we're going here and I was like great I'll be there you know and they're like but this was our vacation <laughs> no I know but we are we we butt in we butt into uh, yeah. each other's vacations yeah. You're constantly crashing each other's parties we are we are um okay so this is from Mark in response to Andrew's post about her kick-ass wedding so he said we had the most low-key wedding 25 years ago 60 people outdoors beside a lake at the kids camp we met at as teenagers Oh, Already man. love that. Said casual dress code, you know, everything from my dad in a suit to the camp director in sandals and shorts. We had a lunch catered from a local restaurant in the camp dining hall, and it had a full industrial kitchen, including a working Hobart dish machine for added convenience. Mm-hmm. He, 
He said, we had a giant hospitality room party at the local budget hotel the night before where my Midwest cousin introduced me to spray cheese. But that's another story. Yeah. Dinner (laughs) dinner was fresh fall vegetable soup, a chicken dish and a roast. Oh, doesn't a roast sound so good? And other yummy stuff served semi-buffet style to our guests at giant wooden multicolored tables and benches. Homemade wine from my brother, homemade desserts from mom, and camp songs sung after lunch by the guests. Add in my dad unclogging the toilet while dressed in a suit, and my best man taking a break to breastfeed, and you have a pretty and nice wedding. And then he kind of did the math. He's like, in 2020, in 2021 money, we pulled all that off for about $3,500. Amazing. And then he says we had the official wedding reception 13 years later, and we personally made so much wine that we sent cases of it home with guests. Wow. <laughs> I hope it wasn't toilet wine. No offense. Hey, man, whatever you got to do to get crunked is all I'm saying. All um, I'm saying is if, that. if you have halfway decent skills, do not forget that they can be applied mm-hmm. to your wedding the way mm-hmm. you want to do it. I think what we learn is like when you're in the service industry, you're like, yeah, yeah, we know the people who really know how to do this shit. And when you're clueless, which is a real bummer, you're going to get hosed by a bunch of people who know you don't know how to do it and are going to potentially give you a subpar product for four times the price. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I am uh, going to my cousin's wedding in early October and very much looking forward to it as he is a chef and has I want to go front of house for many years as a manager in the beer world. He now works for Traeger Grills as a test kitchen chef. And uh, uh, he does a lot of on camera stuff, makes the food look really pretty. Um, So it's like it's like a three day wedding on a piece of property it's all outdoors we have like a fucking rv we're having driven in for my family to stay in as our other guests people are sleeping in tents his rafting friends are sleeping on their boats in the river you know and so i assume it'll be also a lot of like calling in all favors like on site catering alcohol i'm it'll it should be a huge blast i'm really looking forward to it what's up chef hess come on can i score an invite to your wedding chef hess andrew's like don't don't invite her. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, it should be good, though. I'll report back. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes, please. Um, And then Andrea, jump. In. This one's amazing. Then they're done oh, that. Come first server to minute story. Here we go. Guys. Oh, yeah. Hello, ladies. And Brian, a few years ago, I get a call from a friend uh, at around 8 a.m. on a Saturday. Please tell me you're in town right now. She says frantically. I tell her, yes, I'm currently in bed, still mostly asleep. I have a huge favor to ask. How fast can you throw a wedding cake together? <laughs> at this point, I'm crawling out of bed and throwing clothes on since I can sense a trip to the store coming my friend had been helping to plan a wedding for months it is now the day of the wedding and the baker was on the way to the venue to deliver the cake when she got into a horrible accident oh no rushed to the hospital and the cake obviously was destroyed so i got the particulars like how many people are coming what flavors etc and somehow managed to pull off a four-tier cake in four hours (gasps) my friend picked up the cake paid me and then off they went I sent her with extra frosting and other extras in case anything happened in transit. Good thing I did because apparently as they were setting up, a child decided to try pushing it off the table. 
fuck, what a day. The cake survived needing nothing more than some small frosting patching. Uh, I also added a photo of said cake, which is fucking gorgeous. Right? Holy cow. Holy cow. Godspeed and good tips, Amanda. Um, Wow. I, first and foremost, I hope that that baker is okay. <laughs> I know. I know. Not only the stress of transporting a wedding cake from bakery to wedding venue has to be so goddamn stressful already. Obviously, people like know how to do it. They have it set. They need all hands on deck to make it perfect. But that's worst case scenario. Amanda's an angel who swooped in and saved the day, obviously. And this cake is fierce. It's fierce. I know for, you know, it's it's fierce almost in its simplicity. But then the use of like beautiful real flowers to decorate. I just love it. It's. I don't know. Are those fondant flowers? Those look, I can't tell. We'll have to ask. And we'll obviously share this on Instagram for everybody to feast their eyes on. All right, moving on to our next story. Okay, I like this one. Hi, Brooke, Andrea, and Brian. Also, I like the new norm that everyone is greeting Brian. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. I like it. Uh, starts off first I want to say that Brooke I'm from your same corner of the world I grew up in Redford Michigan and have since flown the coop but I absolutely love when you talk about your time in southeast Michigan because I know all about the people and the industry there on to the story I used to work at a fairly large fast casual Mexican Mexican restaurant in southeast Michigan I had plenty of shitty tables, but one will always stick out to me. We had no support staff, so no bartender, no hostess, no busser. So I was the person standing up front when a young woman comes in by herself, seemingly distressed. She asked to sit down at a table in my section, and I gladly led her to the table and asked what she'd like to drink. She ordered a margarita, and I asked for her ID, and she annoyedly ordered a Diet Coke instead. (laughs) Right. About 10 minutes later, while she's munching free chips and salsa, A young man comes into the restaurant and heads straight to her table. They sit and argue for a minute before he waves me down and asks me what our cheapest drink is. He orders that, which was a shot of well tequila, after showing me his ID. But then while I'm behind the bar pouring it, he comes over to ask me what's in our margarita machines and orders one of those. I ask if he wants both the shot and the margarita and he gets gets confused because he doesn't remember ordering the shot. I brush it off and just bring him his drink. I ask them what they want to order. Then they ask me what would be the cheapest. I tell them a plate of rice and beans would be cheapest and suggest that they eat that with the free chips, trying to be kind to them. So they ordered a plate of plain shredded lettuce and a plate of rice. So super weird table so far, but Uh whatever. I bring them their food and they seem to enjoy their little mostly free concoction. (laughs) So I come to drop the check and see that the man has put a tall boy can of Coors Light on the table that he must have had on his person, like in his pocket, you know. I asked him to please put it in the car or at least put it away. You cannot drink it in here. Then when I come to pick up the check, he'd put away the Coors Light and instead had a pint of Jack Daniels on the table. I politely ask him to leave because at this point I'm worried about getting in trouble. You know, my myself with with like our liquor people. So illegal. So he leaves and apologizes profusely. She stays behind. God, what the fuck? I go to take his unfinished margarita off of the table 
She asked me to leave it there. I say, uh, no, you couldn't provide me with ID and I could have our liquor license taken away if I provide a minor with alcohol. She acted like I was telling her I was going to remove her fingers. She then gets up and leaves as well. I checked the book. They left me a 30 cent tip, but I was just happy to get them the fuck out of there. No idea what was going on. If it was drugs, alcohol, just a couple of odd ducks. But this was one of the strangest interactions of my whole life. Waiting tables. I've long since moved on from that place to Italian fine dining. So I've definitely got more stories for you ladies. Anyways, Godspeed and good tips. Love the podcast. And my only complaint is that I want more episodes. My drive to work is an hour long, and your podcast is a special treat before my Saturday shift. Aww. With love, Crystal. Love okay. that. Can immediately chime in and say, we have all had the table where we're like, what is going? Do I call the FBI? Is this trafficking? Is this a pimp? Are they just stupid fucking kids having a fight in public at a restaurant? I mean, or- I vote stupid fucking kids, but it's yeah. just me. Yeah. Like, no like manners, a- no experience. Yeah. Yep. 21, like, like clearly a 21 year old with like a 19 year old girlfriend who clearly probably usually gets to drink with him, but then doesn't understand the laws of the land when she's in an actual restaurant that asks for proof of age. Uh-huh. You know, so she's having uh-huh. a fit. And yeah, he, I, I, we have all wait. And tr- yeah, you're like, I don't care about the tip. I'm about to pick up your tab. Get the fuck out of here. You make, it's the table that also like, they make you nervous. You're like, I'm annoyed slash nervous. What are you guys up to? I know. I agree. It's it's the kind of table that you like tell your coworkers. They also need to keep eyes on that table. Like, it's just meh. Weird though. Obviously, <laughs> lasting impressions. Um, obviously, want to hear uh, Italian fine dining stories as well. Always, always here for it. Send them our way, Crystal. Um, have you ever unintentionally been? I mean, I for sure been a weird table. Unfortunately, it's oh. when you're it's when you're fighting with with someone you're dating. You are just a toxic destination every time they're coming to check on you and- <laughs> hi we're uh, like mumbling fighting and then they come and they're like yeah oh uh, we're fine uh thanks I don't I mean I definitely witnessed many couples fighting and just been oh, yeah. like yeah just I mean just the overall feeling of walking up to a table when it's happening and being like so I'm sorry to interrupt that your meltdown as a couple but um can you just pay me leave thank you <laughs> Sorry, rough. here's your here's your fettuccine Alfredo to go with your bad night. That's all anybody needs when they're having a bad time is a big plate of fettuccine Alfredo. Um, yum, yum, it's yum. comfort and it's also indigestion, all in the same, all on the same plate, guys. Oh, all on the same sound, plate. Um, sounds delicious. The calories will love you. She may not. I don't know where I'm Ooh, going with this, but I don't oh, know please. either. But it got my it got my brain thinking. Crystal, here's a little Southeast Michigan um, lingo coming at you. I ate every type of Michigan food I could eat, fast food wise. Got there, boom! Immediately had like a huge combo platter from a beautiful Mid- Middle Eastern restaurant. So like the whole Lebanese spread. So that was night one, and that'll feed a family for like four days. It's just such good <laughs> baba ganoush, beef kibbe, like. All your um, 
grape leaf rolls, you know, it, it was just, oh, you get the platter of kebab and shawarma and uh, it's so good. So then next night we go all in on Detroit style pizza. Uh, there's mm. a place. So there is Jets, but Jets is like not the introduction you want to give to an out of towner. Jets is right. delicious. So, so instead we went for the even better stuff. Uh, this place called Green Lantern, which, oh my God, so fucking delicious. It's, it's pan pizza. I mean, it tastes like Pizza Hut. Mm, and I love old it. pans. Oh, so <laughs> good. And it gives you heartburn because the crust ends up kind of tasting fried like a donut. Um, and it's very, so I'm telling you, we're going on a week of my stomach has not been correct because then we ate some chili dogs. Um, so we got conies, you know, and then had coney fries, the whole thing. I mean, we, I was like, I don't know what else we could do. Like go eat some cherry pie from Traverse City, go to the Better Made Chip you know, a uh, factory and yeah. uh, maybe some yeah. Polish food in Hamtramck. Oh, but like, God, after you've just like been housing, like nothing but like East Coast seafood for days prior. I'm I'm telling you, going into a Detroit feeding frenzy after a nonstop fried fish feeding frenzy. In my, I, like, I'm not OK. My, I'm I'm really struggling. You're like, I, do I have COVID? I can't shit. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot, but it's so so fun. It's it was so, so fun. good. It was so good. But yes, I'm I'm fully like on like a brown rice and steamed spinach diet. Oh yeah, for now. sure. Oh no! All right, let's hop into the next story, shall we? All right. Yeah. So this is a long one, but it's worth it. We're told. We're we're told. I worked at a Dunkin' Donuts in 2014 and had the worst franchise owner of them all. It was first D&D to open in Minnesota since they had all failed and shut down in 2005. Uh, you're not might be exactly right, but it's close enough. It was a hotel attached to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester. Odd. So it was a super weird mix of being a barista with the main customer base being uh, ancient half-dead people on their last legs and other customers driving from hours away because it was the only Dunkin' Donuts in the upper Midwest at the time. Great. Mixed bag of characters. We all love it. Since customers would drive from all over, we would need to have every donut fully stocked for the entire day. Otherwise, the late arrivals, uh, late arrivals would flip a tit when they realized they traveled four hours without a single glazed donut left to show for their effort effort how tragic it's literally just a donut uh put a pin in that because it comes full circle of course it does anyway yeah anyway that meant we always had an an absurd and sinful amount of donuts going (laughs) into the trash the owner forbid all employees from taking any home donating them i mean you're next to the fucking mayo clinic the doy or giving them any uh, any of them away I literally cannot fathom what happened to that man to give him such a disregard for others. But a few of my coworkers and I decided to engage Operation Donut Santa. Sleigh bells, sleigh bells, sleigh bells. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Every day we smuggled hundreds of donuts out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sometimes I could get away with stacking 20 dozen boxes high. Sometimes I just had to fill a trash bag full. But either way, we would make the rounds across town to give those donuts to people who needed them. Oh, my God. 
Some stops included the Ronald McDonald House, a home away from home for pediatric care patients, the Salvation Army, women's shelters, homeless shelters, other businesses in the area, friends' houses. I even handed out donuts to clinic patients on the streets. (sighs) Okay. Growing up and working in Rochester, it's fucking depressing. (laughs) Most people (laughs) are only in the area because they are dying. So it's an extremely unique service industry dynamic. I've had a delightful, chipper, and friendly old man come into the hotel for breakfast just for him to return from his appointments at lunch devastated, crying to his 18-year-old server because he was just told he had weeks to live. No service job I've ever had was so emotionally taxing as the ones around the Mayo Clinic. My little criminal gang of donut smugglers actually made a huge difference for a lot of people, whether it was a homeless man's next meal or just making someone smile during a hard time. I'm very proud of what we did as a bunch of rebellious teenage baristas. Wow. So good. Food is love. Uh, Food is um, love. And food is life. uh, Yeah. And what's better than a fucking donut to brighten your day? Can we just say that? Like, free donut? If anybody's like, yeah, here's a free donut, where you're like, but I don't know. Yes, I do. I fucking love donuts. Who doesn't fucking love donuts? They're magic. I know. know. And, and like, even there's the part of me who's like, oh, I wouldn't, I would never buy one for myself because, like, I'm always on some weird diet in my head, even though I don't really believe in them. But if someone gave me a donut, I'd be like, yay, I get to eat it. The... (laughs) Operation Donut Santa uh, is maybe one of my favorite uh, stories we've ever had. I'm not going to lie. Just this is like the actual, like the the winks. There's probably, maybe there was like specific, where there were specific like hand gestures or code words you guys oh, yeah. used for when your manager was coming we're, around the oh, corner. Oh, no, no, no. The, and they'd go bowl full of jelly. You know? <laughs> Christmas in be. July. Christmas in July. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like this should be a movie. I I don't know what to say more than I want to. I just want to see this completely like played out. Yep. Um, absolutely. We love donut thief in the you know we love a good donut. Yeah. Thief. It's like donut I mean, Robin Hood. Santa. I mean, you're exactly. taking yeah, you're just paying it forward with donuts. Like <laughs> yeah, I love this. I love this so much. It's Thank so you so much good. for sending this story. The story has made my I- whole fucking week. It really has. And and by the way, this was uh, the type of submission we also take, you guys, uh, which are confessions. So she offered this up as a server confession. And I loved it. So all, any of y'all want to confess to us? We <laughs> dig it. <laughs> we'll end with one last story. And I love this. Um I'm super excited. Really different sort of story for us today. So, hey, y'all, love your show. I just listened to the cruise ship service industry episode and was a little amused to to hear the other side of things. As a former, quote unquote, guest services specialist for an excursion vendor, we had our own unique set of boat culture and ridiculous circumstances surrounding cruise boat guests. So excursions are off-ship guided day trips offered while at different ports of call or locations during the cruise. Essentially, I love how throwback this is. I fucking pretty love great. it. So, yeah. It's like from a year ago when we talked to Dunbar. Anyways. So. Maybe more. I think it was about a, yeah, a year and some change for sure. So 
Essentially, for one summer season, I worked at keeping guests happy for a family-owned and operated um, three-hour whale-watching excursion in Juneau, Alaska, a small, ridiculously beautiful port town nestled in the Tongass rainforest. A usual day shift for me was three boat tours on a multi-level boat capable of carrying hundreds of guests for three hours at a time. In between those tours, you and a small crew, which would be five people, a captain, deckhand, wildlife spotter, naturalist, and two or three other guest service individuals are all responsible for cleaning down the galley, disinfecting, vacuuming, overboard practice drills, restocking, and other boat-related duties like helping tie the boat up, seeing the guests on and off the boat, and counting the guests, (laughs) making sure they're all still there. Oh, yeah. You and your crew are assigned a boat for the entire season, so keeping it clean was advisable and smart. 12 hours a day are the norm for some of us, and the position is largely tip-based, but luckily most cruise boat guests tipped well. Tipping really depended on your boat captain, but most captains would allow an announcement reminding guests to tip the staff near the end of the tour. Good. Okay. That's classy. That's like shouting out your bartender, you know, yeah, when yeah. you're doing comedy or karaoke there. A common excursion took guests to both a nearby glacier and a three-hour whale-watching cruise. The tour almost always went to the glacier first. However, no food could be sold or given to the tourists at the glacier because of a problem with tourists always trying to feed the bears. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm sure there's signs everywhere, too, and it still happened. Yeah. On one occasion, I had to stop a tourist just just before attempting to feed a real live wild black bear some Skittles from her hand. Oh, my God. (laughs) Fuck. Okay. Most cruise boat guests are offered free food the entire time they're on the cruise ship. So, needless to say, by the time guests arrived on our smaller boat a couple hours later, they were starving. Wait, no, I think he means to say so most cruise boat guests are not offered free food, which would say by the time they arrive on the smaller boat, they are starving. So we offered free hot chocolate on a boat in the ocean, which would be guzzled as quickly as we could make it. Often this went to ridiculous extremes. For example, we sometimes encountered bubble netting humpbacks. Cool. Okay. If you've never heard of bubble netting before, it's when a group of humpback whales orchestrate a net of bubbles around a gigantic <gasps> school of fish and all breach up and out of the water in a synchronized fashion. Sure, man. I want to see that. Okay. So bubble netting is one of the most amazing things you can ever witness in your lifetime that only a few lucky guests get to see. With no doubt, there would be at least one guest waiting for me to pour them hot chocolate as the second song bubble netting event transpired. Ugh, God. We also offered frozen microwaved pre-cooked hamburgers. Oh, God. That guests would often tell us were the best they've ever had. I think that's what being starved does. So, yeah, he says being starved, dozens and dozens of guests would order them at a time. We only had a modest galley with no stove and offered no other food items. So sometimes we couldn't microwave them fast enough. All the boat crews eventually had to stock a few boxes of burgers so they would be able to run out before being too overwhelmed. Outside of the food, since our tours were simply observing nature, most tours were beautiful and super relaxed. So if you weren't assigned to the galley, keeping people happy was super easy. However, every once in a while, we'd experience something extra. (laughs) Our small crew of five, which included a naturalist, relished 
in a rare chance encounter of an actual orca hunt. Since orca have a range of thousands of miles and don't stay in one place for too long, the guests and our crew became extremely focused on witnessing something most tours do not get to experience. During the hunt, the onboard naturalists brilliantly narrated the way the orca were surrounding their prey, the phenomenal team effort of how the orca were simultaneously showing the younger orca how to hunt, all the while the water started turning more and more crimson. The the naturalist kept narrating with giddy excitement while the gore just spread through the water. When we finally looked up, no longer transfixed by the gruesome kill and away from the hunt, (laughs) the guests' expressions had turned very sour, some of their faces downright sickly. Since this was near the end of the three-hour tour, the boat ride back to port was noticeably quieter. While guests usually mention how great and inspiring their encounters were on their way up the boat ramp to the bus, this time nobody said a word. Says, I guess there's a reason they call them killer whales. Here's a fun fact we like to use. All dolphins are whales, but not all whales are dolphins. Yeah. I somehow, and that's Andrea's show, The Takeaway. Um, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed your takeaway shrimp scampi. Um, <laughs> so he says, I somehow taught myself software development and have since moved out of the service industry. I'm all, always appreciative of the patience I've gained from years of working in restaurants, coffee shops, and side gigs. I sincerely recommend visiting this beautiful corner of our planet at least once. As always, keep up the great work. Thank you so much for your podcast. Thanks, Sean from New Orleans. Cool. Cool. I mean, nature's fucking gruesome. The end. It is. But just to see people, just to see like a a pod of whales working symbiotically, just as you would see like humpbacks like creating air bubbles to catch their prey. Obviously, you're going to see some gore in the water with orcas. That's incredible. I'm sure I would have been like, that was fucking crazy, but also completely mesmerized by it at the same time. As like you're standing there eating your microwaved toilet burger, you know, and you're like, oh, God, I don't feel so good. Yeah, maybe we should take us through a fucking beef like fucking factory to make sure so they can see how their like microwave galley hamburger gets made (laughs) and see how good they yeah, I, I was sorry say, to I'm go like, that way, but there is the term like, you know, that's how the sausage is made. And this is like, mm-hmm. this is how the microwave hamburger galley burgers <laughs> made. Here's your three hour tour on how that's made. <laughs> um, I love that. I want to go. I I don't understand why people try and feed wild animals constantly over. I just recently watched a video um, because it was Shark Week and it was a woman who was like she was essentially like, here, shark, I'm going to, like, hold this for you to eat, shark, like, while I stand in the water. Shark whips around, full tail, hits the woman, knocks her over in the water, and guess what? She gets fucking bit on wow, her Wow, yeah, like, right? What do you I know. expect? Or, like, um, what is this headline uh, from a few days ago of, like, a kid's birthday next to an alligator? You know, oh, a I didn't pit, or, and the handler got dragged in by the alligators at a child's birthday party. Like, what are we all doing? Like, let's get real. These, these. I are... can't believe this show has turned into us telling people not to feed the wild animals. I don't give bears <laughs> skittles. What the fuck? But we're just reiterating what Sean has, you know, witnessed with his eyes in a uh, beautiful, beautiful, uh, and which should hopefully become and stay more and more untouched Alaska. Fuck, but um, I love this that it's just basically like 
I love a thing that happens over and over again. And everybody, again, it is kind of just like time to make the sausage when you're going on a three hour tour or time to make the donuts, if you will. Um, you know, when you're just kind of doing things on repeat and like time to microwave the hamburgers, I guess people in and out. But the idea that, and you know, I was talking about this with airports too. It's just like the idea that people have to shove their faces on things like this to me, Yes, maybe they're hungry, but I just find it so strange to be like, you know what I can't wait to do when we go see nature is fucking shove my face. You know what I can't wait to do when I'm like flying during COVID is like eat that disgusting McDonald's meal that like I have to do every time I'm in an airport, even though I don't know. It's all just strange to me. You just you just get it gets very uh, it gets very dicey. You're not sure if you will see food again. You know, hey, want to see food? Um. Yeah, it's tough. I, I made the mistake. I subsisted, uh, like I said, on some biscuits, some rolled gold, and there there there's no in-flight food anymore unless you're in first class, babies. So I totally forgot to get something from the airport. And I uh, was like, I guess yeah. I'll just fly for five hours um, with two tiny snack packs in my stomach, you know? Sure. But even, you know, like bringing like a bag of whatever on the plane is probably just as salty, you know, unless you're getting something health. But um, great story, Sean. Thank you so much for sending it our way. And everybody Everyone. who submitted stories this week. We right. what a what a great little bunch of stories. I love a server submitted story day. They always make me so happy. You guys are the best. So here's a quick reminder. Want to tell us about your DIY wedding where you used your service industry skills and hookups to make a kick-ass time go down? We would love to hear about it, okay? Mm -hmm, It's fun mm -hmm. to celebrate you. Mm -hmm. Uh, We would also like to hear your confessions, which was, you know, the the Santa donut ring thief. Um, And then obviously just anything and everything about the service industry. We love it and we love you guys. And you know what we say at the end of each episode? Godspeed. And good tips. Don't feed the bears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't feed those bears. And fight those summer blues, you guys. I know we're going to. Uh, until next week. Bye. Bye-bye.